These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio. We're here in Atlanta, Georgia, in the studio with the four funniest people. No, that's weird because I'm. You always do that. If wow. you're not saying we're live, you're yeah. forgetting that you're counting yourself. Intros yeah. Ego are very too. difficult. I'm going to try this again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle. Welcome to the Funniest People I Know <laughs> podcast and radio. My name's Will Amato. I'm here with the three funniest people I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> TJ, we should make that a constant thing. Yes. Mm-hmm section? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I make up like, uh-huh, and then you have to match it. Oh, yeah. George, go. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be in the studio with you rocking cats. (laughs) Speaking of cats. (laughs) Cats, cats, cats. George, you've been to the Fox. I went to the Fox Theater in Atlanta recently and saw the musical Cats, as did TJ. Yes, not, I went there, too. Not Hello. together. We're not, like, go yeah. to see Cats together. I, he saw it opening night in Atlanta. As George went some peasant Closing night. matinee. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I got discount tickets. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it. Oh, my God. <laughs> What'd you think about it? I loved it. After seeing the trailer, I've been fascinated by Cats. I've always just known it as that weird Broadway musical, but I never knew the plot Mm. or lack thereof. Do you feel like you know the plot now? Because I certainly don't. I don't. No, not really. (laughs) I think I read somewhere on Twitter that someone best explained it as a bunch of cats introducing themselves until one of them dies. That's pretty much what I felt, too. Exactly. Yeah. They're at the Jellicle Ball. Yeah. What do you think Jellicle means? I did not know they were saying Jellicle the whole time <laughs> until I saw it online. I thought they were saying Angelicle Cats. I turn around to the two older gays behind me, and I'm like, they're saying Angelicle, right? And they're like, I don't know. Like, I think they're drunk. <laughs> yeah. We're watching a play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sir, can you please stop? We had a whole discussion, too, during intermission. It was great. Oh, my gosh. It was a good experience at the it, Fox. I certainly didn't love it. Yeah, I mean... I didn't no, okay. hate it. Yeah. But I would never want to see it again. I'm glad right. to understand mm-hmm. what the phenomenon's about. Yes. But Can I, you please explain it to yeah. me? Because I still don't get it. Well, no, I don't understand why the phenomenon exists. I just yeah. now understand what it is. Mm-hmm. What is? It's what TJ described. So basically, yeah. it opens, and there's a bunch of junkyard cats, mm-hmm. and they're singing and dancing, and they introduce themselves one by one, yep. and they're trying to get old Deuteronomy to pick which one of them gets to go onto the alien spaceship and go to heaven. Yep. And I guess according to their religion, uh-huh. they believe that the selected cat will go on the spaceship and then come back as a different jellical form. So it's kind of a reincarnation story. Like Scientology, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, but for cats. But then what happens is all the cats are like, we're so cool, and this is why I'm the coolest cat, and this is why I'm the coolest cat, and this is mm-hmm. why I'm the coolest cat. Then there's the cat that sings Memories yep. comes up, mm-hmm. and okay. it looks like real gross. It looked like, yeah. like, I felt like it looked like Chris Elliott from Scary Movie. It, it's like, like they took the head of a mop and put it on top yeah, of their bad. head, and they're like, 
This is a cat. Yeah, and yeah. all the other cats are being really mean to the, yes. the cat because it's ugly and old and mangy. Well, some are protective, some are mean. Most hissed. Yes, most <laughs> hissed. Yeah, exactly. It, and then she sings this really pretty song. And so I think the lesson it's trying to give mm-hmm. is that the cats in the end are altruistic and they finally learn to love the mangy cat. Yeah. Okay. That is not what I think happens. But I saw there's a bunch of cats who are full of themselves and they're mean <laughs> to this old ugly cat. Oh. Then they find out that the old ugly cat is far more talented than all of them combined. <laughs> That's what I got it. So they yeah. decide to murder her. <gasps> yeah. Um, oh. That's a good theory. <laughs> under yeah. the guise of religion. Yes. They're like, <laughs> we're just going to pretend we like this cat now. Ah, now I see. Alexandra <laughs> Cats is a religious war. Yes. <laughs> yes. So much sense. Yes. What was your favorite number, by the way? I guess it would be memory because it's the only one that's good. You know what mine was? <laughs> Mr. Mistopolis. Even though he never sang, but I think that's where most of the production budget went toward. With the light show and everything? <laughs> yes. It was a whole Vegas show for Mr. Mistopolis. They pulled out all the stops for this one cat. And he didn't even have a line. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember him saying anything. Really? But he danced around. They did lights. And like, the other cats were doing everything. And so, it was like, Mr. Mistopolis. So I wondered when this was going to become scandalous, though. Because yeah. I think 10 years from now, there will be a controversy yes. because it was a black cat in white face. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it wasn't a calico? Like, is it that? <laughs> <laughs> Very much yeah. so looked like a black guy with a mime face. Yes, yes. I didn't know that it was also based on T.S. Eliot's poems about his cats. He wrote a ton of poems and each one was about a cat and that's how they did the song. My friend Sarah that went with me yeah. uh, actually happens to have that book of poetry at her house. She's oh. never opened it. Oh. And so after the show she went back she goes, maybe if I look at the poems it'll make more sense. Yes. And then she told me recently, she goes, nope, no more sense. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. What was Andrew Lloyd Webber going through to make him think, you know what would be a good musical T.S. Eliot poems yeah, about I think cat. LSD. Yes, <laughs> yes. That was the 80s. Like, had Phantom mm-hmm. become popular? Maybe he had some good was, Phantom money. And he's right bef- no, it's really early 80s. That's the other thing is I felt it was a response to the 80s, mm-hmm. but it's 81. So I mm. wonder how much Cats might have inspired what we consider 80s fashion. Yeah. Oh. That really trashy punk look. The yeah. other thing about Cats is it was really the first mega musical. Okay. Explain. It was a huge brand. Because mm-hmm. you had Rodgers and Hammerstein, you had Cinderella, and you had all these things. Cats was over the top. It was huge. There was a big budget. Mm-hmm. It was Lion King. Really? It right. Was a okay. Huh. There's a whole genre now of what we consider a mega musical. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This giant production value and all the dancing, singing, and such that's a little less of a storybook musical. Mm-hmm. And this show, like The Lion King, where it's almost more about the spectacle and the music and mm. the dancing than it is about telling a story. Mm. So, had we never gotten cats we would have never gotten hamilton right is that i guess essentially that's the line that will is drawing i guess you could make that case i'm glad we evolved into the mega musicals having things like a story (laughs) yeah characters that i care about (laughs) yeah songs that are good Mm -hmm. that's a lot of improvement i appreciate what the broadway community has evolved to (laughs) from cats i also think where Other Broadway musicals were written out of someone's intention to tell a special story or because they really cared about the subject matter. Mm -hmm. These were blockbuster musicals. Mm. This was the Jurassic (laughs) Park three of musicals. (laughs) Jurassic Park three of musicals. (laughs) It really was because it was meant to be commercial. They were making this thing large scale for a huge profit. I also think it was cat videos Mm -hmm. before the internet. Oh, you're so Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. People have always loved cats. They're just so random and interesting. They are. The level of confidence and Mm -hmm. sass and shade. Yeah. 
only one yeah. could hope to but be that majestic they're angelical. A, yeah. They're a little unpredictable, too. A little. <laughs> I quite jealous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you should write Jurassic Park 3, the musical. Mm. Oh. With a pterodactyl. I bet yeah. TJ could play the pterodactyl. Oh. oh I can't. No. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Wait, I just need water. It's only like a pterodactyl stubbed his toe. <laughs> well, I would imagine there's some big new dinosaur, maybe with some claws, and there's a young... News reporter. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Uh, and he's on the beat, and he's sick of these bad tabloid stories. Mm-hmm. TJ, why don't you try and see if you can embody that for us? What, what, I'm uh, loving the segues yeah. today. I know. You're so whoopy right now. <laughs> but you're trying to play catch with TJ, and he has no gloves. I see. No one buys my newspaper. Huh? <laughs> What's up with newspaper? Hi. <laughs> Extra, extra. <laughs> Speaking of crushing an orange. <laughs> okay, I guess give him another what one. What am I doing? You're doing tabloid news. That was oh! <laughs> See, that's you why. You said do a newsy character who's no fed up with the journalist on today. Okay. There goes those mitts. I was just going to keep lobbing him up until he got that I was trying to introduce the next segment. <laughs> All right, so tabloid news. Y'all are not going to believe what's happening to Matthew Perry right now. He is a lonely hotel hermit. What? What? Yeah, in a staggering reversal of fortune, once high-flying friends hunk, Matthew Perry is now a pathetic loner who bounces between hospital beds and a hotel room. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, and you won't know what happened to Brad Pitt. What? He brushed with death on a Scientology course. He narrowly escaped death after getting entangled in Scientology after undertaking one of the most grueling courses a former church member has claimed. Okay. And girl... Kathleen Gifford is aiming to become a TV preacher. What? <laughs> yeah. The deeply religious, longtime morning show queen who in April sat down from our 11 year today gab fest with Hoda has expressed her hope to be the next great TV preacher, sources claim. Oh, and Tom Cruise is crushing on Fifty Shades star Dakota Johnson. A 57 year old Top Gun loner shooting for a Hollywood hottie following her split from Coldplay rocker Chris Martin. Wait a second. Yeah. She's dating Chris Martin? Yes. I don't even know where to be. I don't know. Mm. There's so many things with all of the headlines. They're thinking Tom Cruise and Dakota Johnson are going to become a thing because he hasn't had a relationship since Kate... Kitty Holmes. Yes. Kate E. Holmes. (laughs) Like, that's her middle name. (laughs) Like, Kate Eleanor Holmes. I couldn't remember if it was Kate or Katie. And supposedly, a source says Tom's been secretly lusting over Dakota ever since he watched her in Fifty Shades of Grey and its sequels. Tom Cruise is watching Phil in his hotel room (laughs) alone. And so he told a few people he's watched the movie several times. It's his guilty pleasure. Oh, I see what you do (laughs) there. Well, thank you, TJ. That's uh, a look at the news, ladies and gentlemen. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about those sources. What's uh, going right. on in the U.S.? It's good to know. So, you know, some people tune into this show for their news. Yeah. So yeah. you get news with TJ. I, I got some news, Will. All right. Let's hear it, George. So what do you got? I decided to do a quick update on our Democratic Primary Fantasy League because Ooh, yes. we just had someone drop out. <gasps> Whoa. Mr. John Hickenlooper. Oh. Uh, Colorado. Yeah. Former governor of Colorado and beer maker. Of course, he's on Will's team, so oh. Will finally lost some points. Oh, man. And I thought it'd be time to do a good update. 
We are still with TJ in the lead. Oh, uh, just blowing it out <laughs> with Bernie, and now Cory Booker's been on the rise. Sanders has a thousand points. Joe Biden has one thousand one hundred seventeen points. Altogether, that gives you twenty five hundred points. Oh yeah, and you are far in the lead. You are more than double the rest of us. I feel like Joe Biden's backtracking to at least deduct half of TJ's points. Like every time he has to redo a quote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what's it called? Walking it back? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, hey. yeah, let's do that. We're going to add a category. Every time Joe no. Biden has to walk back a yes. quote, TJ loses 20 points. Yeah, or anytime he says, well, it was different times. Oh, yeah. my, oh my goodness, right? No, not fair. Oh. Not, I would not chosen Joe Biden then. I knew this was a rule. So fair. Ugh. Anytime oh. Joe has a senior moment. We're going to make new rules so that we can win. Uh, <laughs> right. Anytime Just an like old the... man talks, TJ loses points. That's the American way, That's making it. rules so you can win. <laughs> Joe, keep it under wraps until then. <laughs> um, I am still in fourth place. I've moved up to 754 points. Thank you, Mr. Pete Buttigieg, for plugging away at it. <laughs> yeah, he's um, your only moneymaker. He is, he is. And then what's interesting in this game is how close it is between second and third. Mm-hmm. Alexandria, Ooh, ah. you've got Andrew Yang, who made it into the debates Yang, um, in September. <laughs> you got Beto, who's been making a comeback, and Elizabeth Warren and Castro. Mm-hmm. You lost some points when Stacey Abrams finally admitted she's not running yeah. for president. Oh, no. That probably wasn't my best choice. That counts as her dropping out. She did say she's open to vice president, though, if ever offered. Okay. And she looked real great in that pantsuit in that article. She did in mm-hmm. both. She was rocking it. Mm-hmm. Will, you got Delaney Hickenlooper's out. Kamala is really the one carrying it for you, and Tulsi's there, too. I thought I had Elizabeth Warren, but I guess not. No, Alexandria has Elizabeth Warren. Mm. Unless, Liz unless that's a mistake I have made, and then we'll have to redo the entire game. Oh, goodness. Second and third place right now is Will. You are in third place uh, with oh. 1,223 points. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Alexandria, you're in second place with 1,236 points. Whoa. So it is super close. And Watch I think it. one of you is actually going to sneak away with this. What? Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? When Joe puts some... the final nail mm-hmm. in his coffin. <laughs> oh, Joe. Oh. I heard Warren is in second place now. Yeah, Warren is moving on up. Right. They only update their money every quarter and everything, so mm-hmm. some of our game is a little slow to respond, but I'll tell you what, everyone who's in the top of our top point earners is also, just coincidentally, in the September debate. So I think that we have really figured out the system. That's a political fantasy draft update. Thank you, George. Alexandria, you're going down. No, it's on, Will. <laughs> I don't lose easily. I'm going to hide in your bushes if I lose. No. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> That's not weird. I'm very excited because we have a guest in the studio. Hey, hey guest. guest. <laughs> oh, hello. Is it a mystery? Can we know who it is? Hi. Hey. How are you? Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> hello, I am Carice. Hey, Carice. Hi, Hi how Carice. are you guys? This is my <laughs> new friend, Carice Hutchinson. Yes. We met doing this silly sketch comedy show, and I found out that you have a one-woman show that you both wrote and star in. Can you tell us about it? Yes. It's called To the Left, a tribute to the life of Lisa Left Eye Lopez. That is oh. so awesome. Yes. 
and it's music-filled, inspiring, multimedia show that chronicles the life and the artistic journey and the spiritual journey of Lisa Lefty Lopez from TLC. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to see this show. Yes. And you're fantastic. Thank you. You dance, you sing, you play a bunch of different characters, you run all over the stage. I was tired watching you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired this piece? It actually started people who kept telling me that I look like left eye. I there was that. actually yeah. a moment that a teacher of mine said, you look like left eye, and he also said you should consider doing a project about her. And okay. I was like, okay, whatever. And then people would come up to me and say, you should consider doing a project about left eye. And they it happened enough times That's that so I finally was like, I think I should be doing a project about Left Eye. (laughs) (laughs) Were you already a fan at that point? I was a fan of TLC. They were the highest selling girl group of all time in America and Mm -hmm. internationally their second highest after the Spice Girls. I loved their music, but I wasn't a fanatic. I cut my hair because I wanted to like T-Boz. But I became really, really intrigued with Lisa. Mm-hmm. And her story and finding out more about her. Oh, my goodness. I'm really excited hearing about your show about Lisa Left Eye Lopez. TLC was definitely that girl group that I remember being on the playground and all the classmates fighting over which member of TLC everyone <laughs> wanted to be Left Eye. <laughs> because she was so cute. She was kind of crazy. She could whoop ass, but you didn't want to try her. Mm-hmm. But maybe you did. One of the things I was struck with watching the show was that she was kind of the brains behind the operation. She produced it. She did a lot of the movement. She wrote not all the songs, but most of the good ones. On the first two albums, she's the only person in the group with any writing credits. She wrote eight songs in the first album. And then she wrote, as we say, the dopest verse on their dopest song, Crazy Sexy Cool, Waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Yes. She had a lot of writing credits for that, and she came up with a lot of the image, because she was just an artist. The imagery, the types of clothes. She also was a painter. She could play piano. She was a creative force behind TLC. The outfits, <laughs> which are huge for TLC, she was mostly that influence. Condoms, definitely. What were your sources? What did you draw from to create this story? I wrote it before the TLC movie came out. I've been working on this for 10 years. Wow. It was really about writing a story about her and not just TLC. I did tons of research. It was two years of just research online, any type of article I could find, biographies that were untrue but didn't know that at that time, (laughs) whatever interviews I could find of her family talking about her, magazine articles. And then in 2013 is when I met her family. Her brother was the first person I met. And then I interviewed a lot of her family members to get a lot of insights. But just really, who is this person, you know, that we saw? Because I didn't want to just write something that everybody knew or they can just research themselves. It was something I really wanted to get behind who's this artist the making of an artist type of thing you do a beautiful job of that in the show and one of the other things i wanted to ask you about is her family saw your performance in atlanta during this run what was that like it was wonderful now i will say her brother as i mentioned i reached out to him in 2013 and i did a stage reading for the family in 2016 For this show, there were a lot of other family members that came, even people who came from Philadelphia, her father's family, which I've never met them, because her father passed at the age of 40. That was a great experience. And it was actually the first time that her brother said there were moments that he actually saw his sister up on the stage. And that's what they've said. I've heard a lot of other members of the family say that one of the most beautiful moments is that they felt like they had a moment during the show that they got to spend with their cousin, their niece, their friend, their sister. And that's something I never even expected. It's a beautiful thing. I appreciate that I can give that to them. 
if Chili and T-Boz were to DM you on Instagram, are you going on tour with them right now? <laughs> How do we get you on tour and incorporate your show? There's a great chance that they know about this show. I'm an actress. And I play Left Eye on TV. Do I want to be her? No. <laughs> <laughs> this show has been life-changing for mm -hmm. me. It's been a beautiful experience. And I would love to continue the show. And that's not my path of life. I like Crease really well. Yes, yes. <laughs> there have been other people who have come to see that, um, like her group Black um, mm -hmm. that she put together. Two of the living members of Black came to see the show. And they were really supportive and really enjoyed it. So I would love to see this show go on a tour and to see the world. Well, I think you're well on your way. So congratulations Thank on the you. show. I yeah. want to talk about, as you were writing the show, you're a working actor. Mm -hmm. And you and I have something in common. <laughs> we have both been standardized patients. Dun, dun, dun. What is that? Can you explain what that is and what you did there or still do there? Being a standardized patient is when they hire actors to portray patients for medical students, for medical students or even some different medical programs, medical device. You're pretending like you're a patient or pretending like you're taking some of the drug or whatever that they hire okay. actors to do that to help with, I guess, with the training. You're yeah. joking. This is for real? For real, for This real. is huge. Every hospital in the country that. has this. I've done it in New York, L.A., and now Atlanta. So I am weird. a professional SPR. Jordan, I'm <laughs> you on that. That is so weird that this is real. I literally thought this was just one of those things they had Joey do on Friends. You'd get a case profile, and mm -hmm. you have to study it. Okay. It's almost a whole history of your character, what happened, what you did, and you're not supposed to give it away. Yeah. Because you know what you have, but you can't just go, it's gonorrhea. The answer's gonorrhea. You can't. <laughs> need a full check that. first. Yeah. It's like mock trial. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, what's yeah. the UN when they yeah. do it in high school? Yeah, mock UN, but for yeah. doctors. Yeah. 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 And they, of course, don't stick you with real needles. Mm -hmm. For the bloodletting, they had a fake arm with blood that you could draw. I've been in a room with a lot of those arms. Yes. <laughs> and the mannequins where they start having the heart attacks. And yes. It's, beep, beep, it's dying and they have to shock it. But Cross. for the patients, it's mostly to try and uncover what the symptoms are. Because patients are a little shy at the doctor sometimes. And so the doctor's meant to be able to uncover what's yeah. wrong with you. And deal with different personalities. Yes. You're sometimes told, be a difficult customer. Yeah. So what are some of the afflictions you've had or any special moments from your SP career? Oh, my gosh. There's this one character. It's called Twinkie. Um, <laughs> Twinkie. And this Twinkie is messed up. That that seems mean. But she is. So she <laughs> is seventeen year old homeless drug addict and she's being diagnosed with HIV. Oh my she no. has no family. Like, everything that could be wrong with her is wrong with her. Mm. And that's probably one of the most like that, that's like the character that people know, Twinkie. Like when you're done with it, you're like, Oh my God, my life. <laughs> so training. So the students would walk out being traumatized? Traumatized. <laughs> she doesn't want to deal with anyone. She doesn't want to talk to anyone. She's been on the streets or whatever. But you also have to tell her she has HIV. Oh oh. So you go from being upset and being all this stuff, whatever, and all of a sudden you're like bawling out when they tell you that you have HIV but it's okay and it's gonna be all right. Yeah, you know, how about yourself? It's very weird. It's performing for an audience of one. Mm -hmm. There are cameras, at least in the one I was in. The uh, professors are watching them. They're getting graded on this. Mm -hmm. There's also a component of wanting to do a good job for the student. You're not just in there messing around because there's a camera and you want them to get an A. Just They're going to be doctors. Right. The worst experience I ever had, I had chronic diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait, you as a person or right. the character? On my way to there. Right. Like, <laughs> as I was looking through the case profile, the specificity with which they would describe it was just gross. 
I had to know the answers to all these questions because they ask these. So, does it float? Yes. <laughs> oh my God! What color is it? What? Yes, is it greasy? Yes, I'll get the actual again. There'd be maybe ten or twelve students, so they'd set it up so you'd do the same role. That's the other weird thing. It's like a theme park ride where <laughs> another doctor comes in and you do the exact same performance over and over and over again. I had to have diarrhea for like a week. <laughs> That's Greasy diarrhea. That's the worst, though. Isn't it? <laughs> so bad. You need to hire an actor. You could have just gone in, TJ. Yeah, me, I could. Uh, I'm rethinking everything. So I'm sitting there, and it's probably Thursday or Friday. It's the end of the week, and I was really tired. And I remember the student walks in, and I obviously had a not so happy look on my face. He goes, Oh, man. What's going wrong? He says, you, you look a little rough. And I think I was holding my stomach. He's, you having some stomach pains? I said, oh, man, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. I have to run, <laughs> like, all day. No, you can't tell them. You can't tell them. They have to figure it out. Oh, yeah, you can't DJ. say that. Oh, I'd be terrible. At <laughs> well, was your voice that rustic and grisly when you yeah. said it? It was. And you went full method. I did. <laughs> and whatever inflection I put upon it in that moment I started laughing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, epic fail, Will. Oh, man. Oh. It's, it's just way not a patient anymore. SP card rejected. <laughs> Didn't hold it. And so I'm laughing. And then he goes, oh, yeah, these things can be funny sometimes. <laughs> and I hope he got an A for that comment because he killed it. And we kept trying to. And I'd look away and I'd, no, man, it's just. Uh, <laughs> oh. It's just, it's, it's emotional, you know? (laughs) It was so bad. And then as the guy's walking out, I just kind of mouth to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So that was probably the worst. Well, then another time we had to have the kind of heroin that gives you scaly alligator skin. That's like (laughs) Spider-Man. Well, it's real. It's one of the synthetic forms of heroin. Are you familiar with this? Mm. I can't remember the name of it. I'm not familiar with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I meant as a... And so over time of this particular kind of heroin, you get this scaly skin. You can look it up. They call it alligator syndrome or whatever. And so they did. They did a real cool makeup job. And this was a... someone's messing with you. (laughs) Maybe. They're like, let's get the diarrhea guy real good with the scaly heroin. All those things are watching. (laughs) They don't even have that on Law and Order. That's what he gets for laughing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a payback. And this one happened to be something called Sim Wars, which was a live situation in front of an audience. What? Teams from different hospitals or grad schools would come in and compete. Wow. Almost like in high school, you do the performance auditions. And so I was this man with this heroin. And what happens is when they hit you with the Narcan, which you survive, it keeps you alive if you're about to basically OD, okay. you suddenly stop feeling the benefits of the heroin and you feel all the pain in your body in real life. And so I had to basically throw a fit and they were supposed to hold me down. And this is in front of an audience. And this other actress was there to be the distractor, which is another real thing. So for example, if a mother's child is sick, she could be the distractor where she just wants to help, but she's really getting in the way of the doctor. So this woman was playing my wife in this scenario. And her job was to do everything in her power to get in the way of the nurses. (laughs) And there was a team of four. They go to try to help, and she goes, oh, but, you know, we're, we're really in love, and I don't know what to do, and, he, and she's kind of getting in their way and trying to interrupt, and at one point, I must have muttered something to her, just shut up, leave me alone, and she takes this purse that she had, <laughs> method, and method, <laughs> and hit me in the nuts with it. Wow! Wow! 
Yeah. Luckily, the bag was huge, but it was stuffed with paper, so it was okay. hollow. But the oh, the whole audience in the middle of this thing just went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and the organizer was sitting in the bag just going, oh, God, what's happening? Oh, so that was the other weird how, experience I had. How is this not a reality show? Like, all <laughs> it's kind of like, wasn't it an extra show? This should be SP. Yeah, yes, we really should. Yes. We should do something with this. Yeah. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah, this something. If you have any ideas on a segment or a show or a sitcom or a musical group based on standardized patients, you can email us at funniestpeopleiknow <laughs> at gmail.com. Carice, you're amazing. You're so talented. We are Thank delighted you. to have you in the studio. Thank you. And www.toetheleftplay.com. Excellent. www.totheleftplay.com. Go Number check it two. out. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining us, Carice. That does it for this episode of The Funniest People I Know. We broadcast on Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. on the Georgia Radio Reading Service, and the podcast is available Sundays on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or you can ask Alexa to play The Funniest People I Know. Please, folks, help us spread the word, rate, review, and subscribe. Contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Funniest People I Know or email Funniest People I Know at gmail.com. Have yourselves a hilarious week. 